G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As usual now on the marriage debate, there's so much to discuss. Let me start off with a couple of developments so far as sport goes, because you might have noted that the Australian Olympic Committee has refused to support the rainbow ideology. They don't want to offend religious concerns. Did you catch that story? Uh, yes, I did catch that story, and um, uh, I, I congratulate the Olympic Committee for at least saying uh, we want to uh, take into account that there are different views on this matter, and we're not going to come out one way or the other. Um, I, I wish that uh, other organisations might have done that. Uh, what I find interesting, and in fact, can I even go so far as saying double standards, is that um, on the yes side... Uh, it seems to be okay for corporations and sporting bodies to come out and say we support same-sex marriage, and that seems to be okay and accepted. But only last week here in South Australia, when a Christian school sent home letters to parents of the kids in that school uh, outlining the reasons in defence of uh, a biblical view of marriage, uh, they were immediately criticised as seeking to exercise undue influence on their parents. I find that an amazing double standards. And so the view that the Australian Olympic Committee has taken, I think is one to be applauded. Another sporting great as well, Israel Folau, a rugby union player. He has uh, said he's on the no side. Uh, he is a Christian. Uh, he's declaring that he's voting no. And uh, interestingly, when you read these sorts of uh, issues where they're reported on online uh, newspapers. Uh, oftentimes you can read comments about what people think. And uh, I, I, I caught this story late last night. And uh, Israel Folau said, no, he's, uh, he's voting no. And uh, the comments that followed, and I think that was uh, the Australian I was looking at, but, uh, but significantly supportive of uh, his, uh, his courage and his stance in, uh, and being, uh, you know, just uh, able to stand up and say, no, I'm voting no. Uh, your thoughts on uh, Israel Folau? Uh, I'm pleased that uh, he has, in a sense, nailed his colours to the mast. Uh, again, highlighting that double standards, uh, it really is a terrible situation when it seems to be acceptable to advocate a change in the laws, but it seems to be unacceptable in public opinion or popular opinion if you actually say, I, I want the existing law to remain. And, um, and I think that's, that's a perspective that we need to have, that the question in this marriage postal survey has been framed so that those who actually want to stand for the existing law find themselves as being people who say no. And as followers of Jesus, uh, whenever we say no, we want to say no with a bigger yes. We want to say no to certain things because we want to say yes to God's plan for marriage and family. We want to say yes to God's plan for salvation. We want to say yes for God's plan for community. And yet we find ourselves in a position where by virtue of the question where into this corner where we feel like we need to say no. Um, and, um, and, and as a result of that, and as a result of fear that 
uh, you might be criticised for saying no. Uh, too many people are silent, and so those who do have the courage to say, uh, I support a biblical view of marriage, I support the existing law, um, uh, we, we need more and more people who are willing to nail their colours and say, you can count me in on that one. Ashley, another issue, I'm not sure you're across this one, uh, in the corridors this morning as I arrived here at Vision. Somebody said to me, did you hear the latest that the envelopes that are being used for the marriage ballots are actually see-through? And uh, you can see what people have voted uh, as they've returned their envelopes. Are you across that issue? Uh, Not specifically across that issue, but I am aware that uh, only yesterday on Twitter there was some fellow who, um, who, who, who in a sense highlighted that. Uh, he, he said, I work at the Australia Post in Chatswood and I'm using a torch to check all ballots and throw out all no votes. And then there's a photo of what appears to be an envelope addressed to the Bureau of Statistics with a light. Um, and when the light is shining on this picture, you can see behind it who's whether someone's saying yes or no. I I can't tell you whether that is a true picture, um, but it certainly is concerning if it is. In terms of the the Twitter post, I'm really pleased that Australia Post came out immediately and said, this fellow does not work for Australia Post, and remember that tampering with mail is a federal offence. Okay, well, that one's something to monitor closely, and it may be, and look, I haven't uh, got my ballot in the mail yet, so I'm not sure whether you can fold it a certain way to ensure that your vote is not actually uh, see-through and uh, and that it can't be tampered with. It might be something to keep in mind. Uh, another point, Ashley Saunders, uh, some yes campaigners are calling on the mandatory introduction of safe schools. Now, this is happening in a couple of different instances. Uh, the Australian Christian Lobby's called on Tim Wilson uh, to explain his comments in a quarterly essay that indicate that Uh, That would be the objective, that uh, even Catholic schools uh, would have the Safe Schools Coalition program running there. Uh, Your thoughts on these uh, Yes campaigners uh, coming out in the open and uh, talking about mandatory introduction of this uh, quite, as some people describe, dangerous Safe Schools program. I find it really interesting that on the one hand, Yes campaigners are saying this is not a referendum on what kids are taught in school. This is not about... Uh, the consequences for that kind of material. This is just about love and ceremonies and all that kind of thing. So on the one hand, they'll be saying um, there are no consequences, but on the other hand, there's a simultaneous push for those consequences to actually come into place. What I can say is that in other countries where marriage has been redefined, removing a gender requirement for marriage has certainly resulted in the wholesale redefinition of family and has resulted in a whole lot of um, material being taught on a mandatory basis in schools. And so in other countries, uh, we see this happening. And what is happening is that the state is exerting more and more influence over what a family is so that we have legal families rather than biological families. Um, we're seeing that the state has more control over what um, a, uh, a student learns in school. Uh, even in some states in Australia at the moment, uh, you, you need to opt in to go to a religious class or to have scripture in schools or whatever the different states call it. But uh, the children are also being taught uh, material 
without the parents even knowing what they're being taught. And as was highlighted in Victoria recently, um, where their equivalent of safe schools, uh, teachers, a teacher was even recorded as saying to the kids, don't go home and tell your parents that this is what we're telling you. So that on the one hand, the state is exerting control and it's really minimising and pushing down the right to parents. Uh, I know that this is a long answer, Neil, but my perspective as a parent is that it is my place and my wife's place to educate our children. And we choose... Um, on a daily basis, Monday to Friday, to whom we will delegate that responsibility to work in partnership with us. That's not the current view uh, in terms of popular society that sees the state's role is to educate. No, it's not. It's a parent's role, and we need to choose to whom we delegate that, and we need to have some input and say into what they're being taught. Ashley, let me ask you about the National Press Club yesterday. And uh, while we're talking about uh, different uh, players, different members in the Coalition for Marriage, uh, you're, of course, the National Director of Family Voice Australia. Uh, the voice at the National Press Club yesterday was Lyle Shelton from the uh, Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, did you get to see that address? Uh, what were your overall thoughts? My answer is that Yes, I saw it, but no, I didn't hear it. Uh, I was yesterday travelling from Townsville to Adelaide, um, and at the time that the press club speech was on, I was at the Brisbane Lounge, so I saw it, but I didn't hear it. Uh, I could see the captions. I've certainly heard some reports about it, and, uh, and I've heard some pleasing reports about both presenters at that event. Uh, one of the things uh, that Lyle Shelton is quoted as saying is that he made an apology for some hurtful historic comments that had been made about the issue of AIDS and uh, the importance of uh, presenting a balanced position I guess uh, says that sometimes uh, over the years hurtful things may have been said about the homosexual community uh, but that doesn't necessarily change the overall need to maintain marriage. Uh, your thoughts on on uh, that sort of level of uh, honesty uh, from people who are representing the no case, because it is an important thing to be able to acknowledge and yet at the same time to hold strongly to the position of maintaining marriage. Yeah, we, we all say things from time to time that we shouldn't say. We all say things that uh, uh, we sometimes regret, and we all say things for which we should apologise. And I think it's a mark of Christian maturity when instead of seeking to defend the indefensible, uh, and I'm not making that comment uh, about Lyle Shelton, I'm simply making that comment about you, me and anybody else, that rather than um, defend something, there is a time when we need to say, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, one of the things that I am involved with and have been involved with over the years is teaching biblical solutions to conflict. And the idea that we need to uh, glorify God even in the midst of what we say and do and even in the midst of the messiness of life. And so in terms of the specific question that you ask, uh, I simply give marks to Lyle Shelton for saying, yeah, I'm a, I apologise for that um, and, uh, and, I want to, and, and I want to acknowledge that what I said uh, is something that I regret and something I shouldn't have said. And I guess that brings us to the idea of uh, these new laws in the Parliament, uh, those sort of uh, things that can be said on both sides of the campaign that may be hurtful, uh, 
that may be uh, uh, issues uh, that might cross the line on the new anti-vilification laws. Uh, you, what what have your uh, what are your thoughts on on those new laws and what they might look like and how that might affect both sides of this campaign? Uh, one of the good things um, in those laws is that there's not just the requirement that material be authorised, but there's also um, uh, in there the the idea that you shouldn't be bullying somebody into not expressing a view. Um, and, and so there's, there's that kind of safeguard that's put in there. One of the unknowns is, is what, how the word vilification will be interpreted uh, and, and how, whether something is misleading. Um, there seems to be some legal uncertainty. I've read the views of a couple of eminent lawyers this morning, and there seems to be some uncertainty about whether... Um, it will be wrong to provide in material that is published misleading material or whether the misleading only relates to misleading people about the process of the postal survey. Uh, Why that distinction is important, uh, and I'll give you one example, is that uh, some of the material that is coming out in favour of the yes case is in my view misleading when it says that there are no serious implications for children born into and raised by same-sex couples. Um, Whereas there are studies from different parts of the world, even from Scandinavia, which was one of the first um, areas to go down this road and one of the most liberal uh, in that sense, um, there, there is material that says that there are impacts on children. And, uh, and so the question is, uh, will it be regarded as misleading for yes campaigners to say there are no significant uh, impacts on children or is the misleading only relating to the procedural aspect? So there are some unknowns, um, but um, as Christians, I want to say this and uh, I hope your listeners uh, will will acknowledge this, and that is that as followers of Jesus, we shouldn't be in the business of vilifying anybody. We shouldn't be in the business of ridiculing anybody. We should hold firmly to the truth that God has, God's loving truth. And part of God's loving truth is the reality that all humans were created in the image of God, that uh, his son Jesus died for all people, that whosoever will may come and that God so loved the world, he sent his son not to condemn it, but to save it. And therefore, those kinds of parameters should um, govern not only what we say as followers of Jesus, but the way we say it. We need to hold to his truth. We need, to, we need sometimes to call up and uh, call out, and I think this environment is one of them, Neil. We need to call out, the emperor has no clothes. That this is, this is a false ideology uh, that, that uh, is being... Uh, foisted um, in some ways or that we're being asked to consider. We need to say the emperor's got no clothes, but we need to do it. um, I guess, what did did 1 Peter 3.15 say? Uh, Peter said that we need to be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us, but do so with gentleness and respect. And I hope that that is what anything that is said by followers of Jesus in this debate uh, is characterised by gentleness and respect. And Ashley, just one more issue before I let you go. Uh, There is lots more coming to light. In fact, uh, hundreds of cases, there may even be thousands, uh, places in the UK, in the US, Canada, in New Zealand, in countries where same-sex marriage is already legislated. There are cases coming to light left, right and centre. They're not getting an airing in mainstream media. 
and uh, they are, uh, in fact, uh, available if you search for them. But if people are not searching, they're probably not getting the access to them. But lots of these cases, the consequences of changing the marriage law. Uh, what is, just uh, before I let you go, uh, your thoughts on the consequences of changing the law and the importance of, of making sure that you uh, are very intentional about the way you vote in this particular plebiscite postal survey. Yeah, I, I had the privilege on Tuesday night in Townsville of hearing Katie Faust speak. Katie is a, a lady from the United States of America, raised by her mother uh, and her lesbian partner after uh, her parents' marriage um, had uh, ended in divorce. And um, she has a real focus on children, and so she has a website. Uh, I think she calls it Them Before Us. And uh, she's a, a fearless campaigner. And, uh, and, and wanting to highlight the impact on children, that children, um, it, it's, it's not the, the, the role of children to cop what we give them when we, um, in the interest of us doing what we want to do, that really the idea of them before us means that we need to make the sacrifices so that we provide for our children and we encourage them to grow up in, in a godly way. And um, uh, all of that is very, very important. Uh, we need to recognise that there are serious consequences. And there's, there's a saying going through my head this morning um, that simply says this, I'm voting no because I want to use my voice to speak up for children. And uh, I simply encourage uh, your listeners to work that through. Uh, for those listeners who are followers of Jesus, to work that through prayerfully. Um, I'm voting no because I want my voice to be used to speak up for children. I'm voting no because I want my voice to be used to speak up for children. Uh, that's a good uh, foundation uh, to uh, to be considering very carefully. Uh, Ashley Saunders, uh, Family Voice Australia National Director. Uh, there is a website, fava.org.au, and, of course, uh, that uh, central site for the Coalition for Marriage. Simply Google Coalition for Marriage, and you'll be able to get lots of resources uh, if you're looking to uh, arm yourself and inform yourself before you cast your uh, ballot vote in the plebiscite survey. Uh, Ashley, thanks so much for taking time to talk to us again today on 2020. It's a pleasure and good morning to you and your listeners. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.